Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I am Bree, and I am joined by author Ruby Basu today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Ruby, for joining me. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Bree. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm very excited to be chatting with you today. Uh, my name is Ruby Basu, and I live in the United Kingdom. I write contemporary romance, and I live with my husband and two young adults and a little dog. Uh, we live in the south of England in an area called the Chilterns, which is an designate an area of outstanding natural beauty. Wow, yeah. I I think I saw the your author photo you have uh, your dog with you and your dog is adorable. <laughs> he is. He's, a, he's a little cabochon named Toffee. He's my little assistant. Toffee. I love that. Okay. <laughs> well, let's um let's get into some icebreakers. So, if you had to come up with a word for 2023 for your for yourself, what would it be? Uh, I'd actually do come up with a word each year and this year my word is balance. If you came with a warning label, what would it say? Uh, may cause irritation. Tell us three songs on the mixtape to your life and what they oh, say about you. I love this question because it made me really think because I'm not a huge, like I don't follow artists or something. So coming up with songs was quite random. So I thought about kind of the, the points in my life where a song meant something to me. And like when I was growing up, I think my parents introduced me to ABBA and the song mm-hmm. Chikatita by ABBA was always, I don't think I knew what the lyrics meant when I was young and listening to it, but I love the, the melody that was kind of slow and sad and then joyful and a little bit more, you know, upper tempo. And I just felt like that was kind of showing that, you know, times might be tough, but they will be happier if you just wait. I just like that song for that reason. I love that. Okay. Uh, and then the next song is um, It Must Be Loved by Madness because uh, actually if you read my first book Baby Surprise for the Millionaire for Mills and Boone uh, it's dedicated to my husband with that quote It Must Be Loved because we met when we were in the first year of first term at university so we were 18 years old and we were like you know studies job that's important this is just a bit of fun nothing will come of it and over 20 years later we're still together <laughs> right <laughs> and uh, we um like we didn't want to say we loved each other so the first time we actually made that comment my husband sent me the lyrics of the madness song oh my gosh okay so that's my second song and the third song is actually it's coming to me more to me now because by the end of the year we're going to be empty nesters when my youngest daughter goes off to university and I feel like there were so many songs I could think about that period like I lived by one republic but the one I think of because I'm an author and it's the next chapter of my life is um unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield okay beautiful beautiful um share with us a film or television show you'll never stop watching okay I'm gonna cheat a little bit because it is Empire Strikes Back but I always have to go straight on to Return of the Jedi after I watch it because I have to get Han Solo out of carbon freeze so it's two films okay that's fine That's fine. We love hearing romance origin stories. So how did you become a romance reader and writer? Okay, well, this is probably dating me, but when I was in high school, and in England that starts when you're about 11. Okay. It starts when you're 11, not when you're about 11. Um, I read these books called Sweet Dreams, which were set in American high schools. And so they were teenage love stories. And then, you know, like just everything about those is like the young romance and the American settings was very glamorous in the pre-internet mm-hmm. and TV days. And then... From there, from about the age of 14, one of my friends used to steal some Mills and Boone from her grandmother and bring them in. And I turned from Sweet Dreams to Mills and Boone and, and that's it. I was hooked for romance forever. Oh my gosh. What were, were you all reading the modern or were you reading the, tr- well, the, the true love? They weren't, if I remember correctly, they weren't categorized as such at, that, at such an early stage. I think that the categories came later, but they were kind of a mixture of them. I think more true love based, I think, based on the stories I read. Okay. 
Okay. Well, your first two novels were published with HQ Digital, and we've since gotten two titles with by you with the True Love Harlequin Romance line. Can you share with us your journey to writing for True Love? Uh, actually, yeah, of course. Um, my first book was HQ Digital. My second book was Mills and Boone, and they, my journey to Mills and Boone happened around the same time as HQ Digital. Okay. Uh, Baby Surprise for the Millionaire was actually the first book I ever wrote in the sense that I wrote the end to a book, like this okay. person that had more than a couple of chapters written. And um, in 2020, I'm a member of the Romantic Novelists Association, which is a British organisation for people who write romance. And I you know, recommend anybody who wants to write romance to join that if they can. And uh, they do a summer conference. And in 2020, it was virtual because of the pandemic. But as part of it, they were offering um, industry like appointments with industry professionals. And one of those professionals was from Mills and Boone. So I thought, well, not going to meet in person. Doing it by video is, is probably a little bit less scary. <laughs> so I sent off the first <laughs> chapter of, of my Mills and Boone. And at the same time, I'd written a diff- completely different story for um, a different publisher. And HQ Digital were one of the other professionals available. So I thought, well, I'll send that as well and see what happens. And then by the end of that year, I had contracts with both. And it was just timing that HQ Digital came out before Mills and Boone. Okay. So for anyone who was yet to read a book from the true love line how would you describe it to them i think that the true love is is about following the emotional journey of the characters it's about watching them fall in love i mean there can be passionate scenes but it's not about like passion and desire as the main focus it's about that emotional connection between the two characters yeah well congratulations on your latest true love release cinderella's (laughs) forbidden prince uh i mean (laughs) one of my all-time favorite covers like can you I didn't I didn't send this to you but like what did you send to the art department for the cover of this book because it's so gorgeous the model (laughs) of Rohan is so gorgeous I was so pleased I was so pleased we hear some real horror stories about covers sometimes (laughs) I was so pleased to see that cover Uh, I wish I could remember the name of the actor because I when I was kind of doing some research for what I thought my actors would look like um I found this picture of the perfect person. He's a Pakistani actor, but I can't remember his name, which is really awful. He is um, a handsome man. <laughs> on, if, if you actually go to my Instagram at any point, I have an aesthetic and he's, he's on the aesthetic of, um, of the book. Oh, okay. I, have, I have to remember his name. Well, can you share an elevator pitch for the book? Okay, Cinderella's uh, Forbidden Prince is uh, it's a Cinderella story. It's set on uh, the island kingdom of Adisara, which is an imaginary place off the coast of India. And in Crown Prince Rowan is getting ready to do his duty by having an advantageous marriage. But when he gets to know the uh, Priya, who is a mural conservator, he, he starts falling in love and romance and duty begin to conflict. What do you think it is about the Cinderella fairy tale that makes it so timeless and fun to retell? Oh, that's such a great question. And I think if I don't, if you don't mind me sharing a little bit of an anecdote, because I think my husband kind of nailed it in a way. When This when is daughter... your show. You say whatever you want. <laughs> go ahead. When my daughter was young, we were asking her whether she wanted to go and watch some pantomimes. And she went, no, she's got no interest in watching princesses stories. And my husband said, well, Cinderella's not a princess story. It's about a kind, hardworking girl that makes good. And I thought that's actually one of the best bits about Cinderella is it's not, it's about a relatable, hardworking girl. And it's got that aspirational element that it could happen to anyone. And also who can resist having somebody fall in love with you at first sight. Yeah. Oh, I think that's probably the best way I've ever heard someone describe Cinderella too. <laughs> 
Well, I really loved Priya's job as a conservator. Where did that idea come from? Oh, God, I wish you could. I was actually looking back to my notes thinking, where did that idea come from? <laughs> I mean, it was so interesting. And obviously, like, it's what brings her in. Is it Ro- Is it Rohan, Ro- Rohan or Rowan? I like people to pronounce it how they want to, but I call him Rohan. Okay, that's what I was saying, too. Okay, so, I mean, and it's, it's what drives them together. But it's yes. so cool. Like, it's not something you see a lot, I feel like, in romance these days. No, um, and I have to say, I did regret it quite a few times when I was having to research this job. I knew no- nothing about. And I was like, does this make even sense in the context? Would they be able to do that? But um, I just I needed her to be in the palace and in his sphere, but I didn't want her doing a job that was working directly for him. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing kind of image research on um, palaces, the thing that kept on striking me was the kind of the artwork, especially Indian palaces, like the old mosaics and the old painting, faded paintings. And I, I think it just inspired me to think, well, what if she just, I thought initially maybe she came to do paint the portrait or make a mural. I thought, no, that, why would they choose her? And it just meant maybe she's part of this team that conserves them and protects them. And I thought that sounds like an interesting job to follow. And also, yeah. I just, I love, I love the, um, the caves by Janta and Laura, and they're quite special to my family. So it was a way of bringing that aspect into the book as well. Okay. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. You don't, you see like these beautiful palaces and all of the artwork and you don't think like some, it is someone's job to do the upkeep for these. And, you know, they're really passionate about their work. I just thought it was, it was so good. I loved the meat cute in the book. It was really funny and totally awkward, which is always the best. So how did their meat cute come to you? Uh, Okay. Um, I feel like, you know, I should, has a better explanation than these five but I my process for writing any book is that I know I'm ready to write if the first scene has come to me and I I don't write the last scene until the end but any other scene after other than that I write scenes as they you know as I want to as they come so mm-hmm. I knew at the start that she would her scene her introduction would end her, with her on the top of the ladder and then that her his would end with him charging towards her and from then it was just like it just wrote itself it's almost like that had to be the situation they found themselves in and I just like the idea of that moment where she thinks oh if I come down from this ladder my life's going to change forever yeah <laughs> and not realizing like oh this is the prince <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah I'm just, like, I'm just like well she's you know this person who's just been into this job and she has no idea what she's doing she hasn't met everybody she's like oh who are you <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like hold on a sec and like everybody gasps like oh my gosh and she doesn't understand why yeah. it's like just, you just told the, the prince <laughs> You literally just told the prince, hold on a second. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> so good. Because I knew from the first, like, getting to know the characters that that is exactly how they would behave when they met each other. She'd be like, I don't know who this is, but, you know, I, I'm doing something right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really felt for Prince Rohan. He is fully aware of his duties as prince, but the attraction between him and Priya is just undeniable. It's so instant. Can you talk about exploring his, his kind of dilemma of duty versus love? Like, he is very adamant of like this is what I have to do and he doesn't have a problem with it until he spends more in time more and more time with Priya yeah I mean that's that's exactly he doesn't have a problem with it and it's very important for me to kind of explore it where you know Rowan loves his family and he loves his country and so doing his duty is not a hardship for him at first he just he thinks this is the right thing to do and he's I think sometimes if you have a character that's like fighting against their duty it's easier to sacrifice it for love but where you have somebody who thinks that actually the duty is exactly what he needs to be doing and he loves his country and he wants the best for it the tension of, of doing it for love is is harder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i just wanted to explore that kind of like that idea that comes with it like when you have a duty 
to your country and your family, but you also have a duty to yourself and to do what's right for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Well, some of my personal favorite scenes were Priya and Rowan's secret garden moments. I was like, <laughs> she put a secret garden in here. Do, yeah. you ha- do you have a personal favorite moment in the book? Oh, I, actually, my favorite moment is in the secret garden. It's on the night of the gala ball where they meet secretly to have a dance and have a waltz. And I just I wanted that kind of, you know, Regency idea of a dance with the person you love. Yes, like, I was arms. like, I feel like I held my breath reading that entire <laughs> chapter because I was like, are they going to get caught? <laughs> But I loved that you like really just you let them have their moment. Like it's yeah. just them in the secret garden. It was so fairy tale moment. Yeah, exactly. And, and at the end of it, it's where she goes. She has that major realization that things can't go on that way. And I think that yeah. that was hard yeah. to write because it yeah. just had that magical moment. Well, let's get into some roundout questions. So if you're writing for the day and you find yourself stuck on a scene, who do you call or what do you do? Uh, well, as I mentioned, I don't like write linearly. So I don't mm-hmm. often get stuck in a scene because if a scene's not working, I just go on to the next one that comes to me. I don't always force myself. But I think if a scene that I thought was okay isn't working out, I pull back and I ask, what you know, what is the purpose of this scene? What information am I trying to know? What's the character growth in the scene? And sometimes I find then that actually I don't need the scene. I just need to have that piece of information. I could put it in somewhere else. So I was writing an unnecessary scene. Okay. Okay. And uh, like, I don't really talk my ideas through to, with anybody because I just, I just, I need to sort it out in my own head, I think. Okay. Well, who is one of your most read authors? Um, I would say Cresley Cole, who writes The Immortals After Dark Paranormal. And oh my gosh, really? I, I love I... them. <laughs> I've, I think I've made it up to, I think, book five. It's like the oh, ghost wow. and the vampire book. And I <laughs> loved it so much. <laughs> yeah. There's so many. I mean, normally I normally I have that kind of rule that a lot of people have, which is you don't start a series until you know it's ended because you don't yes. want the author to stop halfway through. But with her, I'm like, just give me the next book. And I keep yeah. on looking to see whether she's written anymore. But I think she's up to 14 now or something. I've, I've read all of them. Yeah. Well, what was one of your last unput downable reads? Uh, I, you know, this is a really good question because I just I haven't had the kind of focus to read much. So the last one is 10 Years by Penilla Hughes. And to okay. be honest, actually, it was my last unputable read. But when I first picked it up, I read the first chapter and I and I couldn't read any more because I don't know if you've read the book, but it packs such an emotional punch. I wasn't ready to read it then. But mm-hmm. then I picked it up back up when I was in a better frame and I just couldn't put it down. I love the story. I love the character. I love that. I love that. Like sometimes it's just like not the right time for the book. I think timing yes. is so important when it comes to reads. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no point forcing yourself, I think I've realized, because I think I wouldn't have enjoyed it if I had just just because of that frame of mind issue. Well, you decide you want takeout for dinner tonight. Where do you order from and what's your order? Uh, it is from a Thai restaurant and it's jasmine rice and the um, pad thai. No, pad. Well, it'd be pad thai noodles as well as uh, pad carpaz. That, that sounds so it's delicious. Stir fried, <laughs> stir fried um, whatever meat, normally chicken for me and with basil leaves. Absolutely love it. It sounds so delicious. I will delicious. learn how to pronounce it somewhere because that's my new thing. I want to learn to speak Thai this year. Okay. What is one hill you will wholeheartedly die on? Oh, this is great because there's, there's, there's lots of things I have strong opinions on, but not much I would die on a hill for. But I would die on a hill that says that if you've got one of the best cinematic plot twists ever, don't make prequels. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, it's I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, are you currently working on anything that you can tell us about? I've actually just sent in my uh, next book for Mills and Boone. I'm oh, taking a bit gosh. of a break before I start on book 
what will be book four for Mills and Bean. Oh my gosh. Okay. Can you give us an idea of what this next one is, is about? It's going to take place on a yacht. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never well, sure when I can say stuff, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a yacht. I love the idea of the close proximity, what that can happen with that. Well, I can't wait. I just recently subscribed to getting the True Love books delivered. Like I did the subscription. So I'm like, every month, all four (laughs) of them will just arrive at my house and I can't wait. (laughs) Well, lastly, where can everyone keep up with you online? Where can I be found online? I have my own author website, which is rubybasu.com. And then on Instagram and TikTok, I'm author rubybasu. And on Twitter, I'm writer RB01. Well, thank you for hanging out with me today and letting me talk with, about this book with you. I loved it. I can't wait to see what you come out with next. I'm just so excited. I'm like, oh, I need more Ruby. I need more Ruby True Love. <laughs> so really enjoyed talking with you. And, and thanks for letting me talk about Cinderella's Forbidden Prince. 